A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. AM The Zone. If your workout includes baling hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. And that's plenty of workout if you ask me. Good morning on a Thursday morning. Aaron Zimmerman here with the Midwest Farm Report. And that weather is looking pretty warm here near the end of August. And if you're going to be working out outside, you might be sweating quite a little bit. We'll hear a little bit more about that with Stu Muck, Ag Meteorologist, coming up in just a bit. I actually got to catch some of that sun and warmth yesterday back out at the Ag Research Station in Arlington again. This time for another field day, the Agronomy and Soils field day this time. We'll catch a little bit of audio from that coming up as well. And then near the end of the show, we will talk with Owen Feenstra, commodity broker with EverAg. See what's kind of going on in the dairy markets and what he has to say about things. Let's kick things off here on Thursday, August 26th. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like savings on select cat equipment and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. School year's getting underway. We're getting ready for those buses to roll. But the school year never seems to end where the ag education side of things is concerned. I'm Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. And Stephanie, we had the ag teacher of the year named uh, just a little while ago. And that's a pretty exciting thing. Oh, yes, it is, Scott. I'm Stephanie Hoff coming to you from the southern end of the world's longest barn. Terry Costello is the Wapan Agriculture Instructor and FFA Advisor. And this summer, she was recognized as the Teacher of the Year by the Wisconsin Association of Agriculture Educators. She shares what she's learned from this pandemic experience, including incorporating more technology into the classroom. We were pretty fortunate last year that we spent most of our time face-to-face. We had a couple of short breaks where we needed to go virtual, but, you know, we worked really, really hard at trying to make that experience as positive as possible. While we had the majority of our students face-to-face, we did have some that were joining us virtually. So it was kind of that balance between trying to engage our students who were virtual at the same time teaching our classes that were face-to-face. You know, we all grew, we all learned, but we are really, really excited to be back to being just face-to-face in another couple of weeks. So now you must have learned a lot through online learning. Um, Implementing some new resources and new ways to teach maybe through Google Slides instead of just paper to paper. Will you be implementing that at all, any of that this year? 
Absolutely. I think once you learn some of the new technologies, it's pretty hard to go back. And we really became to depend on our Google Classroom, you know, for disseminating information to everybody since we didn't have everybody face-to-face. So a lot of those new technologies, absolutely, we're going to continue to incorporate into our day-to-day classes. Well, that's important. So now how do you continue to engage students um, this year? Myself as a college student, is hard on mental health. How do you continue to engage and support them as an agriculture teacher? Well, I think that's, you know, that that's part of what we do every day as an educator and just being engaged with our students, getting to know them. And I think as an ag teacher, we're so different than so many other instructors because we're with them all summer. We have the, you know, the SAE visits that we do with our students. So I think that we have a little better handle on where our kids are emotionally, mental health wise. And that's, I think that's what makes this job in itself so fulfilling. And a, and a big focus of our FFA chapter this year is also to be focusing on mental health and making sure that everybody is okay. Now, FFA events-wise this past year may have been mostly virtual. Tell me more about that. Well, some of the things that we did, we really had to sit down and rethink everything that we had done in the past because we had to come up with ways to do things where we weren't um, face-to-face with people. And I think probably one of the most valuable opportunities we had is we connected with our nursing homes, our assisted living facilities in the Wapan community. You know, they were struggling with the fact that they couldn't have visitors. We couldn't visit with them. But what we did instead is we started, you know, sending cards and notes and gifts. And the response that we got from them was, was fantastic. Our kids felt great about doing it. They were excited about our FFA. We got stories from some of the elderly that were in those facilities about um, when they were in FFA. Matter of fact, we got an article from one gentleman who was who was Wapan FFA's first state FFA degree recipient. So he had a copy of the article and shared that with us. So that was really, you know, that was something we probably would not have done if it had not been for the COVID situation. So, you know, there, there, were, there were some shining moments, you know, through the challenges of all of it. And, you know, I, I guess I'm really, really proud of our FFA. FFA kids because when when COVID hit, there were a lot of people that threw their hands in the air and said, you know, we just plain can't do it. And and our kids, you know, we looked at each other and said, okay, there's a lot of things we can't, but let's figure out what we can do. And our kids were so resilient and really worked hard to try to engage people virtually so that we could still maintain some of the activities and things that we'd done. Well, that's so neat to share. What other events did you have this past year that you may have not have done before? Well, one of the things that we did is for Halloween, we put together Halloween um, craft activities for kids that that they could do. Um, we had our we had an FFA banquet, but it was much different than what we had in the past, where we could only invite um, our award winners and two people to come with them. So, I mean, at least we got to do that FFA banquet. But again, I, I, the big one I would say was the assisted living. Now, this year, will you be implementing many of the events that you did last year that were t- different than the typical year? We just had our, our, our three-day officer training, and one of the things that we talked about is what were the things that we wanted to do from last year and what are the things that we had traditionally done. And our kids did a really nice job of combining the two. But I know one of the things that they talked about that was really important, that we continue that relationship with the assisted living. And another big project that we have is uh, we, we run a closed closet at Wapan High School. The FFA does. And that was really important last year. We saw a lot of people utilizing more of our hygiene items, um, even the clothes, prom dresses, home homecoming dresses, all those kinds of things were really utilized. And that, again, is something we're going to continue to do, along with all of our other day in the farm, like our day in the farm program was virtual the last two years. You know, we're excited to get back to doing it face to face, having the kids in front of us. So, yeah, there's a there's a, a ton of things that the kids have planned. And there are a lot of community events that the Wapan FFA chapter does. But on a state and national level, are you looking forward to attending events? 
Absolutely. I think that's one of the things that we really missed out on. Our state officers, I really got to give them kudos for the work that they did to try to make, um, you know, the virtual um, opportunities available for kids. But we all know doing things virtually is not the same as as being face-to-face. So um, I am really excited for our students to be able to experience that, to get to a national FFA convention, you know, to go to some of our, you know, 212, 360 conferences. Because when you're face-to-face and engaged, it is just so much different. So we're really excited to get our kids going again. Well, it's such an exciting time. Now, this summer, you were also recognized as the Teacher of the Year from the Wisconsin Association of Agriculture Educators. Tell me more about what that award means to you. Well, it is extremely humbling. Um, it, it, it's really overwhelming. And I, I have said that when I accepted the award on stage at lacrosse and I looked out at the crowd of people, I had a really hard time not, not crying up there because there are so many instructors um, that give up so much time and dedicate their lives to our students. And to be recognized with this is just really, really overwhelming. It's I, I am deeply humbled and deeply appreciative of it. Well, congratulations on that award. Well-deserving. Now, in looking in the future, what else? do you want to say about agriculture education and FFA? You know, agriculture education is the best career option. Um, honestly, the opportunity to work with youth in our community who have so much enthusiasm. I mean, they're future leaders. And as a teacher, you know, I've been teaching, for this is my 31st year of teaching. And to watch, you know, these kids come through your door as, you know, a 7th or 8th grader and watch them develop and to be our, our agricultural leaders is so humbling. Again, there are times you get so emotional because you really are tied with these people. They're not just a kid that comes into your classroom, but they really become part of our our egg ed family and you know that's that's what's so that's what is so exciting about being an agriculture educator especially here in the state of wisconsin well that was miss terry castello she is a, one of the wapan ffa advisors and agriculture education instructors she and many other agriculture educators are important as we're gearing up towards the school year for in-person learning with a lot of learning that they learned this past year through virtual and in-person from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Michelle Stangler. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The Wisconsin Army National Guard can help you get the education you need to help you land the career you've always wanted. The Wisconsin Army National Guard provides up to 100% tuition reimbursement at any school in Wisconsin or Minnesota, access to the GI Bill, or up to eight semesters at any UW system school or technical college, even after service is complete. Learn more about the many benefits that come with serving part-time. Visit NationalGuard.com today. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard, aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. Hey everyone, we've been through a lot together. And if something's bothering you, remember that it's okay to not feel okay. You know what I think really helps? Talking to someone. (coughs) No, Fred, I mean a professional. Your next doctor's appointment is a great time to bring up anything that's on your mind. Your doctor will listen. Because providing safe care your way means caring about how you feel. Unity Point Health Meritor, a partner of UW Health. Know how much you matter to this world. You rarely think about it, and it often goes unnoticed until your basement or building floods. A reliable sump pump can be a lifesaver, preventing flooding by detecting water levels and pumping the water back outside, away from your home or business. If your sump pump isn't functioning, contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. They can replace your existing sump pump, floats, and check valves. They'll even upgrade your current system to include a battery backup system. The battery makes sure your system continues to work in the event of a power outage. Away from home, receive pump activation alerts on your smart device. 
Enjoy peace of mind and improve the value of your property with an upgraded sump pump from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. You can hear her clearly, even in a barn full of cows. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, now it's time to hear our ag weather update this morning with ag meteorologist Stu Muck. And boy, Stu, when I was coming into work this morning, it was so foggy when I was driving. And it was, you know, when I got out of my car, it was quite a bit warmer than it was yesterday morning. Oh, yeah, those temps are a lot warmer this morning, Aaron. That fog just stuck to the windows of my house on the west and south. I, I first turned the light on and went, what's that on the window? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's a lot of fog out there. We've got a lot of moist air that's around it with these temperatures that stayed fairly mild overnight and not much of a breeze. Uh, we have seen that fog build in. Something we'll have for a couple of hours. I think once the sun really warms up the sky this morning, that fog will be gone. We'll see about the same thing again late tonight or just into early tomorrow as well. So fog not out of the question. It's that time of the year, though. I remember, of course, in my youth, our county fair was Labor Day weekend. How you always had the foggy, wet windows and you were leaving the fairgrounds in the evening. And it was that way to start the day as well. The big factor we have to talk about, we know there's going to be some sun, some rain and some storminess trying to build on into Wisconsin. At least today, a wavy front extends from eastern through south-central Wisconsin back into Iowa. That front is really in question. Where is it going to be? It's going to push north as a warm front, then back south as a cool front. And with every little move, it brings some chance of rain. Nothing nearby today. Today, I think we stay dry. And that's not all that bad after rain we saw just the other day. But now we have a few scattered showers in northern Indiana, some activity in northeast Nebraska, North Dakota, far northern Minnesota as well. What will happen is this front will push further north as a warm front into the area. Uh, That's into tonight and tomorrow. And as that happens, rain becomes a little more likely. There's talk of some severe weather, at least strong, heavy amounts of rain and possibly strong winds excuse me, especially in Iowa and into southern Minnesota, western and central Wisconsin, lacrosse and northeast up into the central part of the state. In that area from Iowa up into central Wisconsin, there could very well be some one, two, or even three-inch amounts of rain as we head through tonight and on through the day Friday. Now, east and south of that area, uh, thinking Oshkosh, Fond du Lac, Beaver Dam, Madison, Uh, not so much of that rain is going to be around. We could fortunately enough talk about uh, maybe less than an inch, but there is going to be some rain with this front. It does pull through as a warm front tomorrow, heading off to the north. That leaves just the chance for a very scattered hit or miss type shower activity late Friday night or on into the day Saturday, but much warmer air Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, upper 80s, maybe a few low 90s in southern Wisconsin, and still in the 80s for Sunday. Sounds like a real summer spell for the weekend. And when you add some new rain to that from tonight or on into the day Friday, of course, that humidity level is going to be high, going to be pretty stressful. The heat index most likely back up into the 90s here in the weekend. A real good weekend to take it easy in the outdoors. Make sure you take some breaks. 
have plenty of fresh water to keep yourself hydrated so we don't end up with a problem. So summer weather in store, no doubt there. We have to watch for some of that storminess late tonight into the day Friday. Strong winds, probably the biggest thing we have to worry about. I don't think we have to talk about a tornado. They're mentioning some of that chance into Iowa, but hopefully it stays that far away from us. Nonetheless, it is going to be a a stormy summer pattern as we wrap up this week. And then warm summer weather wrapping up the weekend. Those warm temperatures sticking around even as we head on toward Monday. I'll have forecast details right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> Uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All right, Stu, looks like I'm going to have to take that water along today. I'm headed up again for the third field day that I've actually been to this week, this time at the auction farm in the Brownsville area, Fond du Lac, Lomira area. It's going to be a pretty warm one, and I'm probably going to get pretty sweaty today, huh? Oh, no doubt about that, Aaron. It is summertime weather, that fog we've talked about early this morning and otherwise mostly sunny and warming up. Mid-end upper 80s, a lot of 88s, could be a 90 here and there. Winds are going to be a bit variable, becoming more east and southeast through the day at about 5 to 10. It's tonight that we expect mostly cloudy skies, showers, and storms. Some activity may develop at La Crosse or Mauston even yet late afternoon, but it really pushes in for tonight. Fog around late. Temps in the upper 60s or low 70s. Southeast winds about 5 to 10. And, of course, then we look to Friday, that morning fog, showers, some thunderstorms. Could be a little activity early. Then again, more likely late in the day and into Friday night. Look for uh, Friday's high in the upper 80s with those winds out of the east at 5. And then that rain into Friday night by Saturday. Mostly sunny and hot. And just a few scattered showers or isolated thunderstorms could pop up in the day. A lot of upper 80s, like I said, around 90 or low 90s in southern Wisconsin. Very warm with the southwest breeze. So back to the facts here, Aaron. I think western Wisconsin, La Crosse, Boston will lump you into that area. A couple of inches of rain not out of the question tonight and Friday night. And everybody else more so talking rain amounts in a quarter to a half inch tonight, maybe a quarter inch or so Friday night. So not going to flood us out, but with storminess tonight and into Friday, strong winds may be something to keep in mind. So that's the alert. That's what we have to pay attention to, Aaron. Otherwise, just take care of yourself in the heat. So, and it looks like, you know, you're talking those rain totals. Looks like it's going to be at least something that we're going to probably be able to see from a little distance in that rain gauge. You know, I, I talked to the neighbor yesterday, and it looks like through our talk text line, too, that last rainfall was about an inch. And so this one may not be quite so much, but it at least, you know, we'll be able to see it. 
Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the Madison area, we'll see it. I, you know, like I keep saying, Western and Central Wisconsin in the bullseye for heavier activity. There'll be some pretty sizable amounts coming in from there. Well, and to remind our listeners too, make sure to get those rainfall reports in so we know what's going on around the state. Or to our talk text line eight seven seven three zero one farm. That's eight seven seven three zero one three two seven six. And next week we're drawing a winner for that new weather station, courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. So don't forget to get those rainfall reports in. Thank you very much, Stu. That was Stu Muck, your ag meteorologist this morning here on the Midwest Farm Report. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Rural Mutual Insurance Keeping Wisconsin strong All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like discounts on select Granger products and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Your Dairyland Seed Proud, the only thing that delivers more than our corn silage is... Excuse me, yeah, hi, uh, you don't have to do that anymore. Do what? Use that over-the-top emotional voice to wax poetic about pride and who knows what else. Dairyland Seed has their best lineup of silage corn ever, so we can just let the performance do the talking. I don't know what you mean. Dairyland Seed Silage just delivered 200 top five finishers for tons per acre, milk per ton, and milk per acre in 2020 university trials combined. Full stop. That's all we need to say. Can we still be Dairyland Seed proud? Dairyland Seed High DF Silage Hybrids are designed specifically for silage, screened to deliver better starch and fiber digestibility, higher yields, and more milk per acre. How could you not be proud of that? I guess. But if the numbers do all the talking, what am I supposed to do? The same thing we're all going to do, big guy. Shut up and yield. See how Dairyland Seed High DF Silage Hybrids bring the yield and the milk at DairylandSeed.com. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help with an armed robbery investigation. On August 2nd, 2021, at approximately 1.26 p.m., MPD officers were dispatched to the 2900 block of Commercial Avenue for an armed robbery. The victims were on the bike path when the suspect approached them. The suspect displayed a weapon and took the victim's necklace, cash, and AirPods. The suspect then fled the scene on foot. The suspect was described as a younger male black, larger build, last seen wearing a black sweatshirt, black sweatpants, and a black face mask. If you have any information regarding this incident, please contact the Madison Police Department at 255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest. Attorney John Rihala with Clifford and Rihala. I know our past clients, other attorneys, 
And certainly insurance companies will agree that when you deal with attorneys from Clifford and Rihala, they will be highly skilled, hardworking, and will relentlessly pursue the highest compensation for injured clients. If you've been injured because of someone else's negligence, what's happened to you could not be more unfair, and you deserve to receive full compensation for your injury and everything you've lost. We will thoroughly investigate your case and analyze every aspect of your injury so that your medical bills, lost wages, and past, present, and future suffering are fully compensated. We regularly obtain settlements that are many times the amount an insurance company offered our client before Clifford and Rihala was hired. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you for justice. MyJustice.com. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family, and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you, too. Okay, how about tasting the stew and telling me what you think? Mmm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. How do you feel about Coach Bud? Anyway, he, he said Nelson makes sense. I yeah, think he's well, insane. No, Nelson makes, Nelson makes people accountable. He has, he, has two years, <laughs> he has two years on his contract. Oh, yeah. See, that's Ben's generation. We have one good year. Let's give him a three-year reward. No. Dave, they stunk, won. He stunk. He stunk up until this year. Hey, take away two rolled ankles and a hamstring and the fact that KD has a fat foot by one inch, that team doesn't win. Dave, and by the way, but they won. By, by the way, what, you know, what does Giannis do at a, at a baseball game? Michael Jordan didn't take time out. He had his ass in a gym every single day. Michael I mean, Giannis, Jordan took two years off and went and played baseball. But he won what is six, that? Six championships. Giannis won one, got fat and happy. Now he's making babies instead of making free throws. <laughs> Dave, I like I I don't see your point here. The guy wins well, NBA, every single person in the NBA takes a little bit of time off. No, they don't. Giannis no, is working. No champion. Michael Jordan did take. I'll say it two, one he year. He literally took time one off to year. play baseball. Three consecutive championships. What did Jordan do after the? the he's final the best game basketball the player of all time. Isn't that what Giannis is trying to do, though? Are you are are, are you seriously crapping on Giannis because he went to a baseball game for a team he now owns? I think he probably bombed mean, us. I I I've I have had a lot. I've I've seen a lot of well, Dave I'm from Monona calls. I'm not coming off at Giannis for going to a baseball game like Dave. That is the stupidest take I think I've ever heard. He went to a baseball game. He said Michael Jordan never took time off to go to a baseball game. He took time off to go play baseball. And uh, holding people accountable, it's like, yeah, Bud was being held accountable. If the Bucks had flamed out and failed again, then you could have asked questions. But they won.
I, we're going to go back to the phone. We're going here. back to the phone. Three, two, one, sixteen, seventy. Who do we got? Welcome to over the line. Who do we got? No, I didn't play. No, I didn't play a bomb, you guys. Oh, oh. So Ben just hung up on you? No. Yeah, Ben. Ben was really trying to silence your transmission. Of course, because he doesn't want to make anybody accountable. Ben, here's the thing. If you have a good year, you, yes, give him a one-year extension because you can't have a lame duck. But three years because uh, Booty finally had one good year based on two rolled ankles, a fat foot, and, and a torn hamstring. I mean, prior to this year, what has he done? Nothing. And you got a superstar who better make babies and make you know, be out practicing every day. <laughs> I mean, I like I'm uh, I'm not even gonna come back against the take. He you probably can't. is practice. He probably is practicing during the day, but he he's not just posting every video on social media like Ben Simmons. Michael Jordan, three consecutive years. I mean, That's stop with the Michael workout. Jordan. He he literally left the sport to play baseball. It doesn't matter. Yes, but it came, does. But he came back and won three more. Okay, I know it's hard for you to comprehend. Triple crown twice. What's I understand. He is the greatest basketball player of all time. Giannis His just won ethic. a championship. Giannis work is ethic. young. Work ethic. Why That's are you life. doubting Giannis's work ethic? Also, have also, you seen? Wait, have you seen where Giannis has come since he entered the NBA? I don't. He is care. one of the best work ethics in the league. Oh, who cares where he came from? He, they won a championship. Now win it this year. If okay, what happens if they get beat in round one this year? The coach, you're stuck with a coach for four more years. If they lose you're, in round one, it will not be Coach Bud's fault. Yes. Oh, my God. He showed you everything you need to know about whether he, he is a championship caliber Whoa. coach. Whose fault would it be if they lose in round one? Yeah. Probably the players for not showing up against a crap no. team they're going to play. No, because next year you're not going to have two rolled ankles, a hamstring, and a fat foot by oh. KD. All right, Dave. <laughs> Hey, our, 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 our calls are, okay, are blowing up. Here, real quick, though, to Dave's point, you we know that NBA is a player-driven league, correct? Yes. Do you really have to be the greatest coach to win an NBA championship? No, but you have to put your players in the best position Tyrone, to succeed, and that's what he did. Tyron Lue has rings because he had LeBron. Exactly. Like, we could have rings if we were coaching LeBron's team. Probably. At this point, Giannis is clearly one of the top five uh, basketball players in the league right now. And I think you could even I would argue, argue higher. Three. I would argue higher, yes. And he completely transcended since the second half of that Brooklyn Nets series. And the fact that Coach Bud has basically been pretty much an underperformer his entire career with teams that were supposed to be better than what I they mean, were. All he all finally all right. got one done, and Dave's not wrong, and there was a lot of injuries to the Nets. An industry that feeds the world is definitely an industry worth talking about. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. And it's one definitely worth talking about each and every day. Aaron Zimmerman here for the Midwest Farm Report back. Now from the Alcivia News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. Yesterday I got the chance to travel back to Arlington again to the Agriculture Research Station for the Agronomy and Soils Field Day. I had the chance to catch up with Zach Friedman, assistant professor in the UW-Madison Soil Science Department that focuses on soil microbes and how that affects soil health and plant productivity. Zach, talk a little bit about you said there was kind of a symbiotic relationship between the plants with exchange of carbon dioxide, oxygen, and carbon within the soil and within the plants. Talk a little bit to that symbiotic relationship and what you really see. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I like to talk about the, the symbiotic relationship between plants and microbes as a dance of sorts, that plants can fix carbon dioxide as part of the photosynthesis process, and then that carbon gets translocated down in the plant, um, and one is used to produce uh, roots and root tissue, which can get sloughed off or, or you know, die from the plant, and that root tissue can get decomposed by the microbes, and that's one way that the plant uh, fosters a healthy soil microbiome. Another way that the carbon uh, can help the microbiome is, again, translocating down from the plants into the roots and out of the roots as a sugar-rich substance that we call root exudates. And these root exudates can feed the microbiome uh, carbon, and in return, the microbiome can provide other nutrients like nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium to the plant uh, that is otherwise inaccessible without the, the plant's microbial associates. Now, do you see through your research that these soil microbes are something that people have paid attention to over time, or is it something that it's maybe kind of been ignored and something that really should get more attention? That's a great question, and I find a little a little bit of um, of both that you know microbes, the importance of microbes in soil have been noted in in textbooks and media articles over time, but for whatever reason. Um, didn't seem to proliferate so much to the point it is today as we talk about the importance of microbes, especially with soil health. And so I think the soil health movement has been great for soil microbiology, and, and it really uh, effectively communicates and, and, and shows the importance of microbes in a healthy soil and a healthy cropping system. Now, what does it mean to the crop yield or profitability or just, I guess, productivity of land if those microbes are depleted to a point where there's not much there or they're not very active? Right, so if you have a stunted soil microbial community, you're going to have a stunted cropping system because the soil microbes are what ultimately uh, cycle the nutrients from unusable to usable forms for plants. And so if you have an unhealthy microbiome, you're going to have an unhealthy system. All right, awesome. Zach Friedman, professor at UW-Madison, focusing on microbiology and soil microbes and how that affects soil health and the productivity of plants and that soil. Out here at the Agriculture Research Station in Arlington for the Agronomy and Soils Field Day. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. We need you and your rain gauge. It's time for the Rural Mutual Rainfall Report, and we need you to text your rainfall report to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from, because every month we'll pick a winner that will get a digital weather station, courtesy of the Midwest Farm Report and Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Now let's go ahead and take a look at your markets here this morning. Barrel cheese finished yesterday at 148 and three quarters, up a quarter. 40 pound blocks at 176, up a half. Double A butter finished at 170 and a quarter, down one and a quarter. Now the markets from Chicago. December corn currently at 549, down two and three quarters. November soybeans at 1326, down six and three quarters. September wheat currently up nine and a half at 720 and three quarters. The September milk contract at 1736 down two cents, while the October contract is down nine cents at 1720. This week has been a week of field days. On Tuesday, I was in Arlington for the Organic Ag Field Day. Yesterday, I was in Arlington again for the Agronomy and Soils Field Day. And today, I'm heading up to Brownsville for another one. 
But one thing that I got to talk about at the Organic Field Day, if you're interested in equipment, will interest you quite a bit. Dr. Brian Luck, Extension Specialist in Machinery and Precision Ag, works at the Arlington Research Station on equipment for organic agriculture. Usually when you think of organic agriculture, you think of a lot of manual labor. But with this, it's not the case. They're looking at modifying equipment to make it work more effectively in organic systems to make things more efficient and profitable. Well, out here at the Organic Agriculture Research Field Day at the Arlington Research Station, here with Brian Luck, Extension Specialist in Mechanical and Precision Agriculture, dealing with a lot of what goes into organic agriculture on the mechanical and equipment side. Tell me a little bit, Brian, about a lot of times you hear organic agriculture and the first thing you think is manual labor. Talk to me a little bit about what you're doing to try to maybe make up for some of that manual labor and make effective equipment that can be used. Absolutely, yeah. So we're we're basically working with uh, organic systems from a machinery standpoint, focusing on grain production right now, uh, looking into what does it take to plant the seed properly in the organic system. We have cover crops involved. There's a lot of soil um, soil issues as far as getting a furrow cut and everything else. So there's there's some settings we need to look at on the planter to adjust for that. Also additional stuff like uh, roller crimping, how to best do that. And also, you know, closing wheels, getting furrow closed, things along those lines. Now let's talk a little bit about the difference between some of the way that equipment is used in maybe conventional ag versus organic ag and how that might present some challenges. Absolutely, yeah. So one of the things we've been trying to get away from in organic agriculture is tillage. So if we do excessive tillage to control weeds, we're sending a lot of soil down the river, for lack of a better word. So we're trying to use cover crops, use roller crimpers, um, and they get the planter set up properly to be able to plant into that and, and basically save uh, the farmer soils and make a make a crop. The other side of things is we don't have sprayers. We're not able to apply chemicals in organic production systems, which is lovely for conventional, but in this system we can't use them. So being able to do rescue operations such as uh, very minimal tillage, possibly in inner row roller crimping, uh, all the way out to weed zappers and flame weeders we're looking at as well. Sure. Now we talk about planting and maybe weed control side of things. Let's talk a little bit about the harvest side of things. You know, if we end up with a few more weeds in the field because we can't use those chemicals or those kind of things, what, how do we have equipment that can deal with those problems and, you know, not get all jammed up with weeds and, and or still get the quality in the crop that we're harvesting? Absolutely. That's a great question. So what I like to say is combines are really impressive nowadays, right? Um, Some of the newer machines are able to go through this with a few extra weeds um, and you can get it set just right to get that seed clean when it goes into the grain tank. Um, Just looking at it from an operator perspective and a machinery perspective is get out and check. I always tell people, you know, if you run, run a hundred yards, something like that, look in the grain tank, look around, make sure there's nothing wrapping, make sure the machinery is set up the way it should be to be able to harvest this and get it, get it situated. Out here with Brian Luck, mechanical and precision ag specialist with Extension, working to adapt this equipment to work most effectively for organic agriculture and those practices being used. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. As I said earlier, later this morning, I'll be headed up to Brownsville to the 5th Annual Healthy Soil, Healthy Water August Field Day. Be sure to stay tuned to The Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook to check out any pictures and updates that I post throughout the morning as I'm there. 
Don't go too far because we'll be right back this morning with our special guest, Owen Feenstra, a broker with EverAg, to talk a little bit about things happening in the dairy markets. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. We're the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Compeer Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compeer Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our focus on exceptional client experience is at the heart of everything we do. And our financial team will help make every step easy and convenient. See why our clients trust us to make their goals possible. Compeer Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural-looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. If she's not milking the cows, she's talking about them. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, if you want to know things that are going on in dairy markets, this next guy is the guy to know. I'm here with Owen Feenstra this morning, a broker with EverAg. Owen, tell me a little bit about some of the stuff that is going on in the dairy industry right now. Yeah, for sure. There's a there's been a couple of things hit the newswire um, this week, starting you know with Monday. Uh, had our cold storage report, monthly cold storage report. Um, cheese was a little bit of a snoozer, came in above expectations. No, no wild swings in numbers there. Um, I think that would maybe tell a little bit, you know, bearish to the cheese industry. But um, some positive news we found in that was there was some sizable drawdowns in butter storage, um, less than, I'm sorry, more than um, what the, the five-year average pull-down is. So that was, that was uh, I would say, a, a good thing for, for the butter market right now. Um, also, you know, as of, as of recently, there's been um, some more USDA, you know, government, government aid um, news that's been coming out, such as the Pandemic Market Volatility Assistance Program, which they call it. Still a little bit vague on um, the details about that. Um, the USDA tends to release 
these big these big announcements that we've been waiting for, but with not all the details quite there. But that's going to be you know three hundred and fifty million dollars paid out um, to dairymen, reimbursing them for some of the volatility that um, producers felt and and saw July to December of 2020. So um, I think dairy farmers can be expecting uh, a a bit of a payout from that. But just, I would say, you know, contact at your FSA office and, you know, talk with other farmers, um, your co-op, your handler to try to figure out. They should be, there should be more education coming on, out on that soon um, for guys to kind of figure out, yeah, what, what's coming to them. Now, we saw over the last few days that cheese prices have come up a little bit from what they were. They were kind of bouncing back and forth. Do you think that's yeah. a thing that's going to continue or you know what is that going to look like here as we keep going through the week and into next week for sure yeah no that's a great question i think i think you can kind of split up the market into two tranches right now i guess as far as market opinion you know long term seems a little bit of fragile i'm not sure you know what what the price action is going to be out there seems kind of steady around here at 17 half in class three but up front there seems to be a bit of perkiness and and uh, general positive sentiment around the market. And I think um, you can kind of boil that down to three things why we're seeing some, you know, some, some positive prices out of, out of cheese in the class three market. I think one of them is being um, the tone has changed, I guess, even from last week to this week. Distressed loads, available loads out in the Midwest and the West um, and a little bit in the East from what we're hearing from contacts. Um, the availability of distressed loads um, seems to be tightening. Uh, two weeks ago, we were hearing spot loads, you know, go out around, you know, four to five dollars under. People could pick up, um, you know, distressed loads and put it into product. But it seems like there's not a lot of available milk out there right now. Spot loads going for anywhere from fifty cents to a dollar over. So a little bit of a, a contraction on supply, um, also to affect the availability of cheese production and manufacturing would be the continued. Um, labor issues that we're that we're seeing across the country, um, that is definitely playing a role in you know manufacturing day to day the availability of workers to get in there and be able to provide yeah working hands to to get more product out on the market. So it just seems like we're in a we're in a bit of a we're in a bit of a spike due to seasonality. Um, also, milk being pulled away for opening schools right now. So. Um, I think I think we can see some short-term volatility here, and it seems market seems pretty pretty supported for the time being. Now let's swing back to that kind of milk supply thing. Do you think that that supply is going to kind of stay tight for very long, or or you know, or what kind of things are really affecting <coughs> that? I know maybe you mentioned some some large dairy dispersals that are playing in. Does that have any effect on anything? Yeah, yeah no, I think I think this this last cold storage report that we just recently got um, came in at two percent. I would say if anybody's watching milk production reports, anything at 2% or below is a pretty supportive number. Um, anything over that seems to be, you know, weighing on the market a little bit. Like I said, I think this, I think you can answer that question coming down to the time of year we're in. Obviously, summertime, you know, dairies are going to be coming off on production a little bit. Also, I know that the feed issue has been an ongoing issue for, for some folks and people are adjusting rations and people are, as, as you had mentioned, some people are deciding that it's 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 time to get out, and we're you know with, between dairies going out, you know ration reformulations, the summer the summer having its effect on milk production. You know I can expect us to probably you know be about where where we're at 
getting through, you know, the rest of the summer, August, September. But those, those large dairies, you know, it, it's always unfortunate to see a dairy go out of business. The question will be, you know, are those cows going to be slaughtered, permanently affecting um, production, or are they just going to be given a new address? So that's something that we're going to have to be watching out for. But we are finally starting to see a number of large dairies going through dispersals um, in, in, in the West and, you know, Texas, California, New Mexico, a few popping up in Washington as well, all around, I'd say, 1,500 to 5,000 heads. So definitely interesting to see some cows, you know, being taken off the market, if, if they will be taken off the market. Now, we've seen kind of that volatility with the milk contracts that kind of is bouncing back and forth a little bit. Do you think, yeah. you know, it, it's going to get picked up here after a while? Or, I mean, what do you kind of see as an outlook as we keep going here? Of course, yeah. I, I would say, you know, the market feels pretty supportive, I think, through the October-November period. If you were to peg me on it, I think, uh, I think between school demand, seasonality of milk being a little bit lower, us coming into a large holiday season, and commercials, co- commercial companies at this point also uh, evaluating, you know, what we have in inventory, what needs to be purchased before year end. Um, I think I think there's a number of demand variables right now that are putting a bit of a support line underneath this market. Throw in, you know, the government able to make an announcement any day on purchasing. I think you have. I think we're going to see some some shots of volatility to the upside here, at least till the till the end of the year. Get us through holiday season and then we'll need to turn our attention and focus on you know jan to june next year now let's quick get back kind of to that you know assistance topic and talking about the dmc and that kind of stuff let's dig a little bit deeper into that you know what does that really mean for dairy producers and how's that going to help them out of course yeah so dmc i think is a is, is obviously a great first line of defense when it comes to risk management um is most beneficial I would say to, you know, dairies up to 200 head um, because you can protect that first 5 million pounds of production annually. So what the the government has recently come out with, USDA has come out with, is that they are going to, acknowledging that dairymen have been having higher price inputs, especially in the DMC program, part of that feed formula is alfalfa hay. And they are going to restructure it to account for higher price, higher price alfalfa that, that these producers have been feeding um, since January of 2020. So there's actually going to be retroactive payments up to the tune of $100 million for both 2020 and 2021 and permanent changes going forward into that formula um, that, that these producers are looking to ensuring themselves against on, you know, feed and feed and milk within DMC. So that's, that's, that's pretty positive news. I was, I was glad to see that come across. All right. Well, some interesting things going on in the dairy industry right now. Hopefully that means some stronger markets and, and things going the right direction. That's Owen Feenstra, yeah. broker for Ever Ag.